0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome back into another edition of NFL Reacts. I am Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. As always, We just want to ask you to please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the SB Nation NFL show. Of course, we've got shows Sunday through Friday, all throughout the entirety of the NFL season this year. We are loading it up for you guys, so please subscribe to everything that we are doing on the SB Nation NFL show. Today on NFL Reacts, we need to get caught up on last night's preseason game. There was some serious action last night. Well, no, not really. It was kind of a blowout, but there was things to be positive uh, about it and things for a uh, season long outlook and some rookies that we're excited to talk about today. Uh, we've got some fantasy draft strategy for everyone who drafts over the next couple of weeks before we get into the regular season. Uh, Kate magic of DK nation is out today. So you get a full episode of me and justice Mosqueda from Acme packing co. And we've got some things to discuss that you want to keep an eye on. We've got another full slate of preseason action this weekend, and then Justice has some of his favorite season long NFL bets as we go across the board later in the show. I'm sure we're going to be talking about Mitch Trubisky, the revenge game, and the preseason return to Chicago. I can't wait to watch that later this weekend. But without further ado, Justice, are we all in on Mac Jones as the Patriots' next Tom Brady?
2: <laughs> Six more rings, it's coming up. I mean, why, why wouldn't he, right? Bill's still there. That's all that matters, right? The whole Bill-Tom-Brady thing is still going on. I think they'll play early on uh, this upcoming season. But Mac Jones, I mean, again, I, I just looked at the plays again. He's doing solid operating within rhythm. Um, I think the big question just becomes, what is your upside with Mac Jones, right? Does everything need to be right around him? so that he can get the ball off in rhythm to these wide receivers on, like, inside breaking routes in the middle of the field. If he wants to be that type of field general type of quarterback and they're okay playing that ball game, he's still going to be asked to take some deep shots. And that's kind of the questions that I still have, especially with those wide receivers that they have in New England right now. Um, It's not like they have burners. I mean, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Keel Harry, None of those guys are are running four threes down the sideline. You know what I mean?
1: They do have Nelson Aguilar. I, I mean, he, can, he He's been known to <laughs> to break one. Had a all nice right. season all right. Last year, um,
2: it's a roller coaster. We change our mind on Nelson Aguilar every every year. It seems like
1: I, he had a good year last year. I don't don't know. I know I'm just waiting for the other
2: shoe to drop. We've seen this before, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) last year, Derek Carr, we saw a different version of Derek Carr where he was just like, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, every other week I'm going to be terrible. And then I'm going to have a week where I just sling it downfield with complete disregard. And Nelson Aguilar is going to be the beneficiary here. So I don't, yeah, I don't have any faith really in their pass catchers, but I'm going to be honest, Mac Jones has impressed me a lot more than I thought he would early in the preseason. Like again, it's preseason and Cam Newton hasn't looked bad either. I don't think that Mac Jones is going to steal Cam Newton's job anytime in the near future, but I think that you have to be impressed with some of the early results uh of what you've seen in Mac Jones. Like he looks like a a smart decision maker. He's climbing the pocket and doing some Tom Brady-esque type of things. I have no idea if he can throw downfield because we haven't really seen him try to take a deep shot or anything like that. But I just think back to early in Tom Brady's career, and I want to make it clear. It, it would be absolutely absurd to say that in, in a non-sarcastic way that Mac Jones is going to be Tom Brady – But like Tom Brady early in his career was kind of a game manager who leaned on those Patriots defenses and their offense was just kind of precision. But that was that, that's what was impressive about the Patriots offense for so long is that every year they would just kind of adapt to what they had and change things up. And so their style would change each and every year. So it seems like the Patriots are just going with what Mac Jones can do right now and kind of figuring out the rest. But I'd be lying if I said that he hadn't impressed me so far.
2: Yeah. I think again, the big thing is like you said right now, he probably isn't as good as cam. The question then becomes, well, what's Mac Jones's ceiling, right? So it becomes, okay. So when do we want Mac Jones and why do we spend, this high of a pick on a guy who can't hit a deep shot, can't move off of the pocket. Like if we have to have all those things right around him, um, not to say that he can do it. I I just kind of still have those questions generally.
1: Yeah. And, and I am curious about that. Um, because like not being able to throw deep in the modern age of football seems like a problem. Although like Alex Smith had a lot of success over his career doing that. Uh, I think about even a guy like Joe Burrow, who I I think is a a talented young quarterback. I have serious questions about whether or not Joe Burrow can really hit deep balls in the NFL. Like he's a good decision maker. He's a smart quarterback, but I haven't seen that from him yet. Like I haven't seen him drop a, a, a 50 yard dime or something like that that I can recall so far in the NFL. And so that's a question that we still have about Mac Jones, but, Obviously, it's very early. He he still got plenty of time to improve and you know prove all of us wrong. So we'll see how that goes. Um, this game was actually intriguing. I don't really know what happened with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know he was expected to start, and then Joe Flacco started the game last night. And after the game, uh, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni said that he was dealing with an illness, had some chest pain, and went to the hospital. They expect him to be okay. Uh, hopefully Jalen's all right. uh I that all seemed weird. I don't really know what was going on there. They also haven't officially named him the starter. So maybe they're just ready to roll the dice with Joe Flacco. Like maybe that's the, the direction the Eagles are headed in right now.
2: I, I wouldn't advise that, but <laughs> that might have to be what you're doing. If, if your quarterback can't suit up, the thing with Jalen hurts is I just frankly just, don't think he's one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league Um, to put it bluntly, like not that he shouldn't be in the league at all. Like this isn't a Tim Tebow situation or anything like that, but I just don't really know what his added value is as a passer really at all. Um, I get, I get, he can bring you some, some packages in the run game, but I just don't see what the long-term benefit is to just handing reps over to Jalen Hurts. Not to say that, you know, Joe Flacco needs developmental reps. Like, I kind of think we know what the deal is with Joe Flacco at this point. I just don't really know what the Eagles are doing. Like, this would have been a perfect time to hit the reset button and just say, we're going to get our young rookie quarterback, a guy we can build around, you know, a multi-year program, and then we'll figure out the rest. Like, we're going to try to find gems you know, in training camp at these other positions. And that that just seems like it's never been the plan. They're just rallying around Jalen Hurts. They have Joe Flacco as insurance. And they're just going to see what this year brings. And it just kind of seems like a weird transition year that, like, isn't a transition year. Like, they're trying to win, but, like, don't really have the assets or plan to actually win ball games. It, It's It's kind of odd.
1: I think... The Nick Sirianni hire was questionable, uh, based on well,
2: guys pulled out too. <laughs> guys pulled out. I mean, you got to remember, um, what's his name in uh, Dayball in Buffalo? Yeah, the Houston job was still open. The Eagles job was still open. And he's like, "See you guys next year."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Which isn't a great sign. Like we've talked about on this show, how what a disaster the Houston Texans are right now and the Eagles aren't quite there like they have some promising young players but it doesn't seem like it's headed in a good direction yeah it doesn't seem like they've been very committal to Jalen Hurts and I I love Jalen Hurts the person and the football player but I am with you like there's still plenty of questions with him as your starting quarterback in the NFL now I'd love to see him improve I'd love to see him take that step But I have a lot of questions about him as a passer. Like, I I think there's no doubt that he's athletic enough to be an NFL athlete. And with his legs, he can definitely make plays. I just haven't seen the consistency from him as a passer in the time that he put in last year. And so that's something that you have to see from him. But it doesn't make you feel good about him as a player when the Eagles are going out of their way to not commit to him as their long-term starter. And it's not as if, You know, he's only in year number two. It's not as if he's like coming up for a contract extension and they're being non-committal. Like he's year number two. You traded away the guy that you drafted highly in Carson Wentz and had already paid because it fell apart, and now you're being completely non-committal to him. So, like, are we rebuilding this thing or what what are we doing here?
2: That's where it's like, is Jalen Hurts liked enough in the locker room that it won't blow up? If they're losing all these ball games, but he's still also not good enough on the field to win you ball games and actually hurt your draft status. Like is that is that kind of the plan in Philadelphia, I guess, because we've seen a lot of these teams when they're bad. People want out. I mean, look at what happened with like Minka in, in Miami when they couldn't figure it out. It seemed like they damn near had a mutiny when Josh Rosen was starting games. And they were like, no, we have to pull the plug because like everyone knows Ryan Fitzpatrick is just beating them in practice. So we'll we'll see what it looks like once the L's start coming in. Right. That's really kind of when the locker room stuff actually gets tested and people's jobs are on the line and cornerbacks are getting burned. And they're like, holy crap, like this is going on my permanent record, which is the film where I'm just getting burned even if you don't have a pass rush or something and we're just losing ball games, I don't want to be here anymore. Someone call my agent. That's, that's when it really starts.
1: I, I do want to talk about a couple other rookies from this game who we saw Devontae Smith in his first NFL action last night, Heisman Trophy winner, and – I was thrilled to see him. He had a couple of catches and a couple of very nice routes now in fantasy football. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in our draft strategy. I always look for guys who can run routes like I, because one thing, you know, for sure in the NFL is like, if you are an exceptional route runner, you will find a way to get open and you can find a way to catch passes. And in the modern day NFL, that is a luxury. Like, you know, guys like Tua last year uh, for the Miami Dolphins said, well, guys were a lot more open at Alabama than they've been in the NFL. Like, and so that's why the Dolphins went out and added speed guys because they were like, okay, we got to get dudes open for Tua. So he'll throw the football down the field. Well, guys who are exceptional route runners always find ways to get open. That's why I'm really high on Bronco second-year wide receiver Jerry Judy because he's an exceptional route runner. That's why I love Deontay Johnson because he's an exceptional route runner. Devontae Smith is a day-one NFL-ready route runner in the NFL, and he put that on full display last night in a very limited sample size. I'm so excited to see him excel at the NFL level. I understand the size questions and all of that stuff. He's a small dude. Like like he's, I think he's smaller than me personally, but... I think he's going to be an exceptional NFL player. And I don't think his size matters that much. Like there's going to be injury worries with him, but when you're that exceptional at route running that early in your career, and he's also explosive, I think he's going to have a fine NFL career and I'm excited to see what he can do for the Eagles.
2: Yeah. I think the NFL is the, the more defenses advance, you know, year by year, defenses are less comfortable with you with just spot drop zones and letting guys just be able to sit between defenders everything is about stickier coverage everything is about creating separation in some way form or fashion um that's why you're seeing guys like Keenan Allen and Devonte Adams rack up all these yards uh at the NFL level even though they aren't like the fastest players, if that makes any sense. Like they're not slow guys, but um, they definitely aren't the guys just running nine routes down the field the entire time. Um, So I I think that bodes well for Devontae Smith. And, you know, like you guys said, or like you said, you know, Jerry Judy, I think Jalen Waddle is up there too. If we're just going to talk about these Alabama wide receivers, it's insane that they get all those guys in one room. Um, But all those guys have the ability to create separation.
1: Yeah. And and it's not something that's easy to do. Like we've seen in Kansas city with McCall Hardman, who's an exceptionally fast player. He's just not a very good route runner. And we haven't seen that translate to the NFL just yet. And so he can blow past everybody on a vertical route, but when he starts getting into some of these timing routes and his cuts and, and stuff, aren't as crisp as other guys, it's harder for him to create separation in those smaller windows than it is in the long windows where he can just blow by everybody. And, and so that's something that makes me really excited for Devonte for Devonte Smith. And we got to talk about Ramondre Stevenson Patriots rookie running back real quick. He's been absolutely nuts in the preseason. He's got four touchdowns, like 193 rushing yards. He's been insane. He might be the most talented running back. The Patriots have, a- unless you're really bullish on Damian uh, Harris or Sony Michelle, Ramondre Stevenson looks like a stud. He's going to be a guy I'm going to be targeting later in my fantasy drafts because I think the general public still isn't quite on to how talented this guy can be.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people thought that he was probably a top five back in this draft class. Between the UNC backs, Etienne and Najee Harris, um, I would say that that's probably – if you polled talent evaluators, they would say that that's the top five. And it's kind of interesting too because – Nwangu, or Nwangu, the uh, running back from Iowa State, went ahead of him. And he wasn't even the starter at Iowa State. Like, it's hard to find film of him it, just because he was a guy who ran like a 4-3. Um, so he ended up rising up in the draft process. So it's kind of interesting, you know, a track athlete type of guy goes ahead of a guy who very clearly fits well when you're running – you know, inside plays like ISO and and power where you have a fullback ahead of you. Um, It's just kind of interesting that that guy comes out of Oklahoma, right? You think about Oklahoma, you don't think about like I formation under center. That's not what they're doing right now, but it seems like he's excelling in that role in New England right now.
1: And maybe that's that role at Oklahoma is why he kind of fell in the draft a little bit. But like when you look at his size, uh, you know, he's 227 pounds, six feet. Like, that's Ezekiel Elliott type of size. Like, and he's shown some explosiveness. I understand it's the preseason and he's been going against backups and whatever, but dudes who can break off 90 yard touchdowns are always going to be impressive to me. And, and so he is definitely somebody you should keep an eye out for in your fantasy drafts. He's a guy you can get super late in your drafts right now. And he's a guy who might wind up having a huge role for the Patriots as the season moves on. Uh, we just talked about a couple of high impact rookies from last night's game, but we want to talk about some of the other rookies that you should keep an eye on. we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about the rookie quarterbacks and obviously the Justin Fields, the Trey Lance, the guys that are going to be high impact guys early in the fantasy football and regular NFL season, but there's a ton of other high impact rookies that we haven't covered and, and guys that maybe you should avoid. So I want to get into some of those right now. Um, justice i i don't know if i've told you this i'm a wide receiver guy i love wide receivers more than any other position in football i love watching wide receivers i love watching the routes i love watching guys who i identify in college like oh i can't wait to see that guy in the league and then seeing him thrive in the nfl so i get a little too hype every year for rookie wide receiver classes because i tell myself like oh that guy's gonna be incredible even if he doesn't wind up pan- panning out, like I just want these guys to succeed because I just love the wide receiver position. I've got a handful of guys that I'm absolutely infatuated with this season and Carolina Panthers, rookie wide receiver, Terrace Marshall, Arizona Cardinals, rookie wide receiver, Rondale Moore, I think is going to be an absolute stud. I love the Ravens rookie wide receiver, Rashad Bateman, but he's injured right now. Unfortunately, hopefully he'll be back later in the season. We'll get to see what he can do. Um, I absolutely love all of those guys. Those are guys I'm targeting in all of my fantasy drafts everywhere, because I think they can be high impact players when they get the opportunity.
2: Yeah. Terrace Marshall. What he's an interesting one. He just got chased down on the sideline this past weekend. And a lot of people were like, what was with LSU's uh pro day numbers? Cause this guy allegedly runs, you know, a four three, but he's getting chased down from behind what's going on here. So that, that one's kind of interesting, obviously, You know, that system fit is very good with Joe Brady there calling plays. Um, So there's that LSU connection. Those guys have chemistry, I guess you would say. I was kind of interested in Rondell more more so before I saw him on the field, unfortunately. And then you started to see how that wide receiver rotation is going to take place in Arizona. And now I'm starting to wonder, like, how is he really going to see the field immediately this year outside of, you know, the return game. Um, That would, that would be my biggest question on that one, but there's some interesting guys. I mean, Anthony Schwartz, I don't know how much you've seen of him, the wide receiver out of Auburn. He didn't get a lot of targets. He didn't really have a quarterback at Auburn. He's a former junior Olympian, like legitimate track speed. That is hard to find for any wide receiver. That's name isn't Tyreek Hill. So just watching his progression in Cleveland is going to be really fun. I don't expect him to like, out target obj and jarvis landry anytime soon but if he can get some like momentum going like the first couple weeks of the season and starts making plays i could see jumping on that bandwagon just heavy and early
1: i actually drafted him late in one of my dynasty fantasy football leagues i you know he's probably not going to jump over this year even like richard higgins or donovan peoples jones in cleveland but yeah he's a guy who could Potentially have upside at some point. And I think he's an exciting player. So I was thrilled when I got him in my dynasty fantasy football league.
2: Yeah, he does rare things. It's going to be really hard to you, you can't find Anthony Schwartz's every week, <laughs> Um, you know, in free agency or anything like that. Tutu Atwell is always like an interesting guy to me because of Rams. I really feel like that's the first draft pick that's ever been made. Specifically, so a guy can run a jet sweep, and it was done like in the second round. I mean, we we talked about you know Devonta Smith being undersized. I mean Tutu's undersized compared to him. <laughs> so I, I do wonder what that offensive structure looks like. You know, when the bullets are live, the Rams, that whole Sean McVay tree has kind of been anti getting their starters into the preseason. Um, you know, you look at. Green Bay, you look at uh, the Charters, none of those teams, are. you look at the Bengals, none of those teams are really playing their stars in the preseason. So I don't know if you're actually going to get an honest look at what those offenses are doing until week one. Um, But how they involve Tutu and all that is going to be really interesting because he could excel as a jet sweep guy. I just don't know what else you do with him on the field.
1: Yeah, I, I have some questions about his impact as a rookie just because the Rams kind of have a loaded wide receiver room already. Like, I would really like to see second-year wide receiver Van Jefferson take a step forward for them. Um, it seems like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup have, like, while well, they're talented players, have just been kind of clogging up that wide receiver room for years now with, like, at times above-average play, but then, like, it's just kind of like, okay, what are we doing here though? Because we're not like exceptional at anything in the passing game. Like I think Robert Woods and Cooper cup are talented players, but I really like to see Van Jefferson uh, take a step forward uh, th- this year for the Rams and-, and just see what they can do with a, with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford who will actually take shots down the field as opposed to Jared Goff. Um, another rookie that I am absolutely in love with is Broncos rookie running back, Javante Williams. I think he has a chance to be an absolute stud Uh, in their first preseason game. He looked good. Like he looked explosive and we didn't even really get to see a lot of the, the billing on him, which is like the contact balance. Like he can run through tackles and stay on his feet and just kind of mow people over. That's obviously what you want. in a guy who can potentially be an every down back for you, obviously, He's got Melvin Gordon ahead of him right now, although Melvin Gordon's been pretty banged up in the preseason. Uh, Javante Williams is a guy that we're seeing in fantasy leagues across the board just continue to rise because of the hype on him. He's a guy that I'm trying to target everywhere because I think he can be a high impact rookie running back for you. And hopefully eventually be the starting running back for the Denver Broncos. And maybe if it's Drew Lockett quarterback, he's going to take a step forward. I mean, he had a couple plays of that preseason game, or if it's Teddy B at least we know Teddy Bridgewater is like a safe play and can do some things on the football field. I think that Broncos offense is really talented and I think Javante Williams could be a key piece for them. So I absolutely love Javante Williams this season.
2: Yeah. I don't know how deep, some of people's leagues go but there's some interesting stuff with the running backs later in this draft um in terms of this rookie draft class so like kylan hill right now is taking a lot of like third down reps in green bay he probably talent wise should have been an early day three pick maybe um he was kind of weird fit came back to school after he was all all uh, all sec goodness gracious almost had a stroke um And then got into a Mike Leach offense that just wasn't suited for him. He ended up uh, getting out of school early. So that's an interesting one to watch in Green Bay, you know, thinking about a team that is going to have a lead probably often. Um, You know, you're thinking maybe one running back injury and he ends up taking half of the share out of the backfield. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Elijah Mitchell just – the greatest like Shanahan fit like all this guy can do he's basically like a kick returner right and that's what those Shanahan type of offenses love they're they're just can you give me a big guy with speed because we can coach up the rest you know we can get him on the edge on zone and because we're running stretch so much so and we're using all this jet action and end arounds you know all we need is a speedy guy off the bench a couple injuries happen and he could be a guy who could go for a hundred yards after no one knows who what his name is going into a week, you know?
1: Uh, another guy from last night's game that we actually didn't mention, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, he he looked good last night in the preseason game uh, for the Eagles against the Patriots, and I was really impressed with how they were utilizing him on the ground and in the passing game. And, you know, Miles Sanders is the Eagles starting running back, but Kenneth Gainwell's a talented player. Also, he's rocking number 14, which, it, which is a good look. I'm still getting used to the new numbers on different positions, and it's probably going to take me years to be like, oh, okay, that guy's a linebacker wearing a, a wide receiver number or whatever, but I'll figure it out eventually. Uh, but he looked good last night, and Miles Sanders is a talented player, but he's been inconsistent so far in the NFL, and he's had injury problems and he struggled to stay on the field. So there's legitimate questions about whether or not you should – draft Miles Sanders as like a workhorse running back because I'm not convinced that that's what he is for the Eagles but Kenneth Gainwell's a guy you should be targeting in all of your drafts a little bit later because it looks like he's going to have an impact is a rookie for the Philadelphia Eagles um just as I know there's a lot of guys that you want to stay away from uh, so I, I'm curious who some of those guys are because I I know some of them are are big name players that a lot of our our fantasy, experts and players are targeting in their drafts
2: yeah I mean let's just start off the top Kyle Pitts fourth overall pick tight end the it's it's not the player it's the expectations it's the fact that people think that he's gonna go for 800 yards as a rookie tight end when all of the data tells us tight end is probably the slowest developing position in the sport just because you have to do so much I mean think about that You're asking guys to be wide receivers while also being offensive linemen. That's a pretty tough thing to do for a 22-year-old, you know? So Kyle Pitts, just generally the hype is just through the roof, I feel like. I think there's a better chance that he finishes under 500 receiving yards than over. And it's not because he isn't talented. He certainly is. It's because he's a rookie tight end. That's just kind of how these things work.
1: Yeah, Kyle Pitts is an exceptional talent. I have not come away with him in any of my fantasy drafts so far. I don't expect to come away with him with any of the fantasy drafts that I still have on the board because what you just said, it's I don't care how talented you are. Like, we just don't see rookie tight ends produce at a monster level. They're asked to do too much at the NFL level, trying to block – pass rushers at the NFL level is a whole different ball game. Like Tight ends get asked to do a lot on the football field. Now, if Atlanta is willing to say week one, Oh, we're just not going to use him that way. Like he's just going to be split out on every play. Like he's basically going to be a wide receiver. That'd be incredible, but that would go against everything that we see from the tight end position, especially that early on. Like Travis Kelsey does a lot of that stuff right now for the chiefs, but he still blocks. Like they're just going to ask him to do too much. I think expectations are too high. He's a guy that I am not landing in any of my fantasy drafts anywhere. And, and I don't think you should target him. Like the, the asking price is just too high for a rookie tight end.
2: The other thing too, is like Arthur Smith isn't Andy Reed in terms of like their, their offensive DNA, you know, So Travis Kelsey splits out as the X receiver. So like think of it as there's five eligibles, right? You got one guy in the backfield. That means you can be two by two or three by one. When they're three by one, Kelsey is that guy on that backside, essentially playing wide receiver. They end up having to bring in other tight ends to basically be blocking tight ends um, in Kansas city. Now you compare that to like Arthur Smith, Who has a fullback in the game? They're trying to run power. They're trying to run ISO. Look at what he did with Derrick Henry, having a wide, having a tight end that you just split out at wide receiver, you know, half the game, isn't really like how he's trying to play football, you know. So that that's what makes this whole situation a little bit more frustrating. I mean, even down to Atlanta fans being like, "Why didn't we take?" Justin Fields at four and just like find our quarterback in the future instead of taking this tight end, um, which is you know probably why at the end of the day, Julio was like, I probably want out of here because it doesn't seem like you guys are really trying to win right now, but you're also not trying to like transition to, you know, a new type of like blueprint to build the franchise around anytime soon either. So they're kind of like in this like purgatory period.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, draft Calvin Ridley. Absolutely. Calvin Ridley is is a star. He's going to be a stud this season. I love Calvin Ridley. I think he's one of my five favorite wide receivers in the NFL right now, but Kyle Pitts, it's a tall ask is a rookie to expect him to, you know, compete with the top tier guys like Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, even Mark Andrews. And that's where he's being drafted right now. It's just too big of an asking price for a rookie tight end, a, a position that we know takes time and is very difficult to transition to the NFL. Um, we, we do need to actually take a quick timeout, but when we get back, we're going to go across the board. Justice muscada has got a ton of season-long NFL bets, and then we will get to some fantasy draft strategies.
0: Vacations can be tricky, Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm betting one
1: more. Over, under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I am Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. Justice, I know you're a gambling man. You're a rambler and a gambler, I I suppose I would say. Um, You've got some season-long bets. And now, I'm a fantasy gambler. I'm not necessarily just a straight, like, sports betting gambler. I dabble a little bit here and there. But I'm really looking for some investment advice for my season-long bets. So I know you've got a bunch of stuff on the table today, so I'm excited to hear what you got.
2: Yeah, I'll start with my favorite uh, division bet. Let's start with that one. Jacksonville plus 600 to win the AFC South. I think that is far too low for a team in that division, specifically because Houston is a mess. We know that. Indianapolis might not have a quarterback. If Jim Ursay tells me that I'm going to be ready for week one, I'm, I'm getting a second opinion. You know what I mean? I do, I do not trust that guy at this point. So Colts might not have a quarterback. Texans don't have a quarterback. Now we're looking at the Titans. The Titans have lost so much in this past year. I know, I know people look at Julio Jones coming into the room, but they lost their offensive play caller – a lot of their depth is just gone. So, like, for example, like Dennis Kelly, their starting right tackle last year, he's just gone. He's he's in Green Bay right now as their swing tackle. It reminds me a lot of that first year in Dallas where they had a lot of success under, like, Dak and Zeke, and then you just saw, like, all the depth pieces go away. And then you're wondering why they still have that same core – but they're not winning as many ball games and it's because the roster is churning, right? That's kind of where I think Tennessee is right now. And I think too many people are kind of hanging their hat on them and hanging their hat on Indianapolis. When if you don't have a quarterback, you're done. We've seen that in this league before. And even if Carson Wentz is healthy, the last time we saw Carson Wentz, he wasn't very good at football. So I, I think that there's some potential here for Jacksonville to kind of come out guns blazing. I mean, if you're the number one overall, like if, if you earn the number one, quote unquote, earn the number one overall pick, it's hard to think of a year one situation that you would rather have than what Jacksonville has, which is the entire division is down. You have a quarterback, you have a plan, maybe you can get to the playoffs immediately. I think that's where I'm at on that one.
1: I will say I expect the Titans defense to be absolute trash. So hopefully their offense is in a lot of shootouts. Um, so we're putting our money on Urban Meyer, though. We're putting our money on Urban. Oh, to-
2: always to- an yeah. iffy one, right? Always an iffy one. Trusting Urban Meyer with the bag. But I-, I think here when you're looking at all the options available, I think that's your best shot. So, All
1: right. I trust you. I trust you. Well, let's do it. Urban Meyer, <laughs> let's go, baby.
2: My favorite bet uh NFC wise Cowboys plus 1200 to win the NFC. I just think in general we're still underrating Dak. Like I know I know he's banged up right now. But he's a franchise quarterback. He's one of the stars of the league. He's going to probably be a hall of famer if he can keep what he's doing up just based off of how important that position is and how valuable he is within that position. So I wouldn't ne- like I'm at this point where I'm not discounting the Cowboys from the Super Bowl conversation for like the remainder of Dak Prescott's peak, just because we can he can bring it to the table. So if he can get hot, you know, they have wide receivers, they have a backfield. I can see it happening.
1: I, I love that one. Uh I actually posed a question to our NFL Reacts community, uh about whether they would prefer Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott as their quarterback one in fantasy. And it was overwhelmingly Russell Wilson. And I was shocked by that because if Dak Prescott's healthy, I would rather have Dak Prescott over Russell Wilson on my fantasy roster because I know the Cowboys are going to throw the football. like I, And their offense is just too good. Their offense is going to rival the Chiefs offense for like most consistent most explosive in the NFL, in my opinion, as long as Dak Prescott is healthy.
2: Yeah, it's not like they aren't paying those guys. I mean, you can look up how much they're paying them and say, "Hey, they've invested a lot in this. They have some players." Um, AFC wise, my favorite one is Chargers plus seventeen hundred. Here, here are a list of teams who these books think have a better chance of winning the AFC than the Chargers: the Dolphins the Patriots, the Titans, we just talked about the Titans, the Colts who might not have a quarterback, might have to start Jacob Eason. Um the Denver Broncos, I don't get the Denver Broncos hype. They still don't have a quarterback. So that one just seems like a mispriced team, you know. Their quarterback situation, it's not like they don't have stars. You could look at the defensive side, you could see Bosa, you could see Derwin James. I know they're not really playing in the preseason. On the offensive side of the ball, hopefully they're shoring up that offensive line they still have keenan allen they got guys out of the backfield i don't really understand the hesitation with the chargers other than the fact that they're in the same conference as the the kansas city chiefs perfectly fine why are the denver broncos ranked ahead of them that doesn't make sense to me
1: that doesn't make any sense like the only thing i could think of there is that I think Denver's going to have a top five defense in football. Like they just invested too much on that side of the ball this off season, and their offense is you got to so score good. points though. Yeah, You got to score points. Faith in the quarterback. Um, you know, being working at Arrowhead Pride and being in the in the Chiefs community forever, it's kind of a running joke here in Kansas City that. You know, the Chargers are just never healthy. Like they always have a boatload of injuries, something's going on with their training staff or whatever. Like it just seems like they always have a ton of injuries. Uh, but I do think we're underrating the Chargers. Like, I think the Chargers are the second best team in the AFC West, at least. Um, so I I don't hate that bet. I don't know if I'm willing to to count out the uh, Kansas city chiefs over the, I,
2: it, it's, the it's value. 17 to one. That's the important thing to remember, yeah. right? You're putting down a buck to get back 17. So that that's where I'm at. I, I just think it's a mispriced value. I, I don't necessarily think that they're favorites or anything. I'm just scratching my head when I'm looking at like Miami and new England and Tennessee, Indianapolis, Denver. And I'm like, they don't have the young stud quarterback no. with, you know, all pros sense. around him on the offensive and defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on there. That doesn't make any sense. I, Miami, especially, like the defense is okay, but like we got a lot of question marks about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of people are uh, questioning to it right now. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, my last one: Super Bowl bets. Cowboys plus twenty eight hundred. Again, this just kind of aligns with what i said before about you know the nfc bet i just think there's value in the super bowl side too doc prescott he is an elite quarterback i don't think people are really registering that because of that i'm just not willing to discount him um the other team 49ers plus 1400 to win the super bowl Kyle shanahan last two years or last two seasons that he's had a healthy quarterback He's taking teams to the playoff or taking teams to the Super Bowl. The last two times he's had healthy quarterbacks, it was Matt Ryan and it was Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was playing out of his mind. Um, speaking of that uh, Philadelphia-New England game yesterday, if you stuck around long enough to see Nick Mullins without Kyle Shanahan, it was not a great sight. Um, I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. I think he finally found a quarterback. I think Jimmy Garoppolo isn't long for this world. Once Trey Lance gets in there, I kind of think the sky's the limit. And if they can keep a six or 17 game quarterback around Kyle Shanahan, every data point in recent history says special things are about to happen.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love the 49ers. Um, if I had it my way, it, it would be the chiefs and the 49ers in the super bowl again this year with Trey Lance starting for the 49ers. Uh, it's absurd that that team just went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and they've still been able to like add more talent to the roster. And a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who is an absolute stud, and they added Trey Sermon, who like any running back in Kyle Shanahan's system is successful and Trey Sermon could be an absolute monster. Like they've just continued to make that team better and they added a quarterback quarterback who has potential to be a legitimate franchise quarterback. I I love the Niners. I want to see them stay healthy and I want to see them thrive this season because I want that, that rematch in the Super Bowl because I think that's the best case scenario at the end of the year. Chiefs and Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan again in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, and that's a good point about they keep adding talent and they're probably one of the most progressive front offices in the league right now in that – they use a lot of weird contract structures. They'll do like uh, interesting trades, right? So like the DeForest Buckner trade. I don't know how much John Lynch is necessarily involved in that directly in that like Kyle Shanahan knows what he's looking at on the offensive side of the ball. He's probably making a lot of that those decisions on at least who he wants, if not the price point. Um but whatever that off that, that front office has going right now, it's definitely working.
1: We got a couple more minutes here in NFL react. So I want to run through uh, some quick points on your fantasy draft strategies that these are points that I kind of keep in my back pocket headed into any draft and, and things that, you know, when I'm preparing, that's kind of the type of stuff that I try to look at when I try to identify some of my target players. Um, it should go without saying, but I, I feel like I have to explain this to people uh more often than I should. That when you're targeting your wide receivers, that target percentage is something that really, really matters. Now, obviously, your stud wide receivers, uh, you know, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, like those caliber of players, those guys are gonna go early in your fantasy draft. Like I, I I'm talking about. Up and coming guys, like guys that you should be paying attention to that, like, maybe you aren't this season. And I'm talking about, you know, specifically second year players like your T Higgins, your Jerry Judy, your, um, uh, your even, uh, third year player Deontay Johnson, like guys like that. Because last season, those guys, and specifically Jerry Judy and, uh, CD Lamb, like CD Lamb, I think would have had a much nicer fantasy season if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt. I think that goes without saying. Uh, but Jerry Judy specifically was getting 20 plus percent of his team's targets on a, on a weekly basis. They were just bad targets because his quarterback play was terrible. Now, if you think that can improve even a little bit, those are the guys you need on your team. Those are the guys who have the breakout boom potential in your fantasy draft. So even if you think, well, Jerry Judy was a bust as a rookie, which I would disagree with. Look at his target percentage because there's no reason that should decrease this season. I know Cortland Sutton's going to be back and he's been an impressive player, but you drafted Jerry Judy in the first round because he can be a playmaker for your football team. And I expect them to throw the football a little bit more this season. So I still expect a guy like Jerry Judy to have 20 plus percent of the Broncos target share. So you always have to identify that target share when you're targeting your middle round wide receivers, as opposed to, uh, you know, just going with the guys that, you know, like Paris Campbell for the Colts is another guy that I am targeting. You can get him crazy late in drafts. We're talking like 14th round prior to him getting injured in week two, last season, he was the number one target wide receiver for the Colts. And you got question marks at quarterback, but I think Paris Campbell, if he can actually stay healthy and stay on the field for the Colts, He's a guy who could be a high-impact player who you can get at the cost of basically nothing right now in your fantasy draft. So even though we had a small sample size of that, the Colts have been honest about how they want to involve Paris Campbell in their offense, and so he's a guy that I'm targeting later in my drafts. Those target percentages matter. Pay attention to them. Please.
2: That makes sense. I mean, market share, right? Market share is always something that's important. It's a good way to contextualize – Intel, I guess would say would would be how I would say it, where it's what are all of these factors that go into the offense? You know, a a direct reflection of that would probably be, you know, market share, essentially
1: when you're trying to identify like running backs, for example, um, you know, obviously we know who our top guys are, the guys that are going in the first round, uh, the top five guys or so across the board. There's a lot of questions about you know, who you should take after that. And guys, you should target. The only thing that matters after that really is talent and guaranteed touches. So like, you know, a guy like Miles Gaskin, who was going really high for the Miami dolphins, because, you know, last season when he was the starter uh, prior to injury, like he was getting, you know, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey type of touches and then in the preseason, he's been, he's been their second-string running back behind Malcolm Brown. Like So he, he should be falling down draft boards anyways. But there's a lot of people who are hesitant to take a guy like David Montgomery, and I am scooping David Montgomery up everywhere that I can. And some of that is, well, he finishes like a top-10 guy last season, but it was because he had a stretch at the end of the season where he was going against terrible rushing defenses. Well, so did a guy like Jonathan Taylor who's being drafted – higher than david montgomery in most circumstances take jonathan taylor if you want i'm scooping up david montgomery everywhere i can because i think he's a legitimate workhorse running back it's all about the running back volume once you get to those guys who aren't in the elite category and so i want guys who are going to get guaranteed touches that's why i'm drafting chris carson that's why i'm drafting david montgomery That's what matters in fantasy football outside of the elite tier guys. You just need as many opportunities as possible every single week. And the last thing before we get out of here at the, in the middle rounds of your fantasy draft, I don't care who your starting quarterback is. If you get Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, come away from your fantasy drafts with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I am targeting them in every single fantasy draft. That I am in. They're going to be starters at some point this season. I don't care what Andy Dalton says. I don't care what the Bears say. I don't care what Kyle Shanahan says. Trey Lance and Justin Fields are going to be starters for their teams at some point. Draft another starter, a guy that you know is going to be your guy uh, week one of the NFL season. I'd be comfortable going into this year with Ryan Tannehill as my starting fantasy quarterback and having Justin Fields on my bench and just waiting for Justin Fields to get the starting nod because I think he's going to absolutely explode in fantasy. Uh, he's an exceptional passer already. I have full faith in that, and he's an insanely athletic quarterback who can run. And same can be said about Trey Lance. You know His accuracy, we'll, we'll, we'll see that hopefully develop as the season goes on, but we know he can sling it down the field, and we know he can run, and he's a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's scheme. So do everything you can to come away with Trey Lance and Justin Fields late in your fantasy drafts.
2: Yeah, draft the fun rookie quarterbacks. You know you want to. You know you want to. Ride the roller coaster, even if it's it's, uh, vicariously.
1: Yes, yes. It's going to be fun to watch those guys, and you're going to want those guys on your fantasy team. It will make your fantasy season a lot more fun. I absolutely promise. Um, This has been another edition of NFL Reacts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the SB Nation nfl show uh tell everybody you know tell your friends have everybody subscribe rate and review everything that we're doing here this season because we're doing a lot of really good stuff he's justice mosqueda of acme packing co you can follow him on twitter at j-u-m-o-s-q i'm steven serta that's where you can find me we'll talk to you guys next week